Hey there, field trippers. Patreon.com slash Brent Comedy is how you can support the show. You get early access to episodes as well as Patreon-only stuff, including new this week is a Patreon-only interview with the liberal redneck Trey Crowder. He's been on the show before, and he's back, and we had no topic. We just uh, chit-chat like old gals. But that's Patreon.com slash Brent Comedy. It's the Field Trip Podcast with Brent Welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. This episode, we're taking a little field trip to the funny papers, because we'll see you in the funny papers. My guest hosts uh, this episode, Mr. Gavin Eddings. Gavin, how you doing, man? What's going on? It's good to be here. Thank you so much for finally being a guest on this show, The Field Trip. I know, dude. It's so good. Long time coming. Finally glad for you to finally (laughs) be here. Just, I'm taking over. Well, yeah, uh, you, if you're new to to the program, uh, Gavin, you've been on a bunch of episodes, including uh, the Pokemon Phenomenon and then uh, the best movie intros, parts one and two. There's there's a lot of other episodes, but those are the ones you've been on that I can think off the top of my head. Yeah, we also did a couple episodes on MTV Cribs, which that's were a lot right. Of fun Pam Anderson he, and Hulk Hogan. Rob Zombie. Yeah. He's like, this is my horror movie room. What's going on? Hey. Hey, here it is. You ready? What's up? And then Hulk Hogan was like, uh, I beat Andre the Giant, <laughs> and then he died the next day. I think he's like, which is not true at all. Ooh, the, these pythons, brother, look at them. Mm, eat, your pra- eat your vitamins and say your prayers. Ooh, dig it. <laughs> yeah, dig it. Uh, which is <laughs> That's turned, Macho Man. Into macho Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, dig it. Oh, Hulk Hogan. Well, if if you enjoy uh, Gavin on the show and our chemistry, which we certainly have, we uh, was mm-hmm. that third third period, fourth period, we go to chemistry. Uh, <laughs> come on, Bunsen. folks, we got some Bunsen burners up here. We hotter than that Bunsen. <laughs> uh, we do a, a a strictly horror movie podcast called "They're Coming to Get You." That's a weekly uh, release as well. Uh, we have, I think, we're on the th- almost finished with the third season right yes. now, Gavin. So we're about. Almost 35, 40 episodes because we do we've done some bonus ones as well. But if you enjoy us and you like horror movies, uh check out they're coming to get you. Yeah, it's a good time. And I, I can't believe it's gone as long as it has. I was like, I know. we'll do we'll, we'll do like five and then we'll be like, All right, I'm tired. But we're like, mm-hmm. oh no, we actually enjoy doing it and like talking yeah. about horror movies. And then I run a horror movie YouTube channel called Gavin Loves Horror. If you want to hear me talk about horror stuff. So yeah, that's and my you- plug. You you watch some movies that I haven't seen and some like with what you do on there, it's very current. Like something comes out and you'll have a review like that day or the next day. Yeah. So if you want, because on the on uh, the coming to get you, we'll do current ones, but mostly we're kind of we've done a lot of the hits. Yeah. That you probably know, but you you'll watch some movies where like you go in the comment sections, people. It's a strong love it, strong hate it, but nobody's in the middle on yeah. some of the stuff that you watch. I love fighting everyone in the YouTube comments. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just I, I hear I made this thing for you. Oh, let's fight about it for the next three weeks. Fantastic. Love, awesome. love this. I love this so much. <laughs> Thanks, Internet. Mm. Uh, but let's let's jump into our topic. It's uh, we're doing uh, 
comic strips. I don't know how I wanted to word it, but I I thought see in the funny papers is a, <laughs> is a good good theme. Are you uh or have you been into like comic strips? No, no, no. no. <laughs> All right, see ya. No, All right, I've, cool, cool. Worked to be a long forty five minutes. No, I've enjoyed. It. I remember growing up, and my grandma was like big into like the funny pages, as mm-hmm. she called them. Uh, my, my grandpa dad, too. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad was a huge comic book fan. So he liked comic books, those funny books, as you call them. But my grandma was like super into into comic strips. And she would always talk about uh, the one I remember reading the most was Blondie. Okay. Uh, Blondie and Dagwood and like, oh, look at it. He's always eating those sandwiches. Look at him eating these sandwiches. Well, because there's a Dagwood sandwich. I know my mom would say that. Then I'd be like, I don't know what that is. And she's like, well, that's from that comic book, which is like, that's Archie. Um, that's the whole universe. Like Archie is like the main guy, right? I believe so. Yes, it's been a while since I've watched it because, like most millennials, I don't get the paper anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Are do they still do comic strips in newspapers? They do, and actually, I think uh, if I remember correctly, is I think it's Go Comics is the website where you can watch or go like read the comic strips. Oh, it's cool. like online. I'll, uh, yeah, online comic strips. This is good to Google. Uh, yeah, gocomics.com. <laughs> and that they have a lot of the archives of some of your favorites and stuff too there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I a similar situation. My I remember like this sounds like a Norman Rockwell painting, but I'd I'd sit on my grandpa's lap and then he'd read me the comics, Marmaduke and Peanuts and Garfield, and he would he then he would once I was learning to read, he'd make me read them to him. And then, you know, we'd, we'd get done and then I'd go to driver's ed. Uh, <laughs> I just, you're, it was so funny because for, for a long time, your first words were, I hate Monday. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. That's, that's kind of a mantra today. I love lasagna. I don't know what I, lo- if I love lasagna more than I hate Mondays, it's hard to tell. <laughs> Ask what day of the week is it? I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, reading uh, and what my grandpa referred to as the funny papers or the funny pages, the funnies. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll talk about some of the background and then get in. I I was gonna do two, three, four, like focus on comic strips, and then I got into two, and I'm like, this is a lot of info. I don't want to <laughs> do a marathon episode. Uh, well, because when you get into it, you realize that the comic strips have been around since since basically the invention of the newspaper. Yeah. They're like, we have to really we have to really break things up talking about the Great Depression. Can we add some humor <laughs> into this? Can we maybe yeah. have Blondie be like, oh, no, the stock market's crashed. <laughs> As yeah, as opposed to like a hobo with a bindle uh <laughs> over a barrel or something. And not not bent over barrel, but a fire barrel. It's just peanuts. Uh, the, the the peanuts Great Depression comics were so good. Just <laughs> Charlie Brown going, Good grief for the market. I can't even afford to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's look at some of the longest running comics, and this is uh, number one has was around for 109 years 109 years gavin and that's the cats and jammer kids i don't know anything about that <laughs> i was like oh it's, i thought you were gonna say like calvin and Hobbes. i'll be like that seems wrong yeah but like i love when something's been around for so long like 110 years and you're like 
Never heard of it. Never. Yeah. I'm well, unfamiliar with your over a millennia, <laughs> like your hundred years of work. It's uh, that's one my grandpa would say talking about the cats and jammer kids. Uh, but then I, I would be like, I don't. It's like he <laughs> died when he was eighty. This like I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm sure now in hindsight I could pull it up on Go Comics or whatever. But I I, I tried to limit my research because you could. This is never ending. Uh, but 109 years for Cats and Jammer Kids. Gasoline Alley was 1918 to present. Still going from Still 1918. Going uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. I love like Barney Google because that's exactly like what you're. Like your grandpa would be like, who who founded Google? <laughs> oh, Barney Google. <laughs> I'm looking at the cats and jammer kids right now. I looked them up. Unfamiliar. I don't know them. I was like, I if you if you had a gun to my head and said, what comics? I'm like, I don't know. Is I don't like, know. Is this like raw peanuts? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and it's also cats and jammer, which I know how to say that because my grandpa said it, but. Also, you want to, that's like a lot of letters, cats in jammer. Oh, yeah. I uh, spelled it wrong. And Google's like, hey, dipshit, do you actually mean this? You mean Barney Google. <laughs> Barney Google is like, do you mean cat some jammers <laughs> instead of cat some jam jams? Yeah. And and maybe I'm saying it wrong, but that's, that's I'm sticking to that. Uh, but Ripley's Believe It or Not was from 1918 to present. Uh, Barney Google, uh, 1919 to present. Thimble Theater slash Popeye, 1919 to present. Blondie, 1930 to present. Dick Tracy, 31 to now. Allie Oop, 32 to now. Bringing Up Father, 1913 to 2000. 87 years of this. Just how do you, like, you and I are joke writers. It, I just can't imagine having to write like a comic strip every day because you did like a joke of the day for like a year. And that mm -hmm. had to just be tough after like 100 days in. You're like, uh, dude, at day 18, I was like, why I did. Why did I announce this publicly? <laughs> and it's like when you're like, I'm going to lose weight. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to lose weight that bad. <laughs> but <laughs> now I, I'm being held accountable. Yeah, I don't I don't remember what year it was, but I wrote a joke a day for a year. Um, and then also when the release of my first album called Mr. Turkey, uh, I did 30 days of uncle Frank. There was a character on that album, uh, that I'll still do occasionally, but it I did comic strips. There was a website called tune do D O O.com. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to draw, but I, you could design characters and then put them in certain situations. So I guess in a way I did a, a comic strip and it was, it was the characters crude. So there's a lot of like, there's one where he came, he comes out of the bathroom and he's like, it was a photo finish. And his brother's like, you, you barely made it. And he's like, no, I took a picture and then held the phone. <laughs> uh, and, and I, that was one that I loved reading with my grandma on yeah, Sunday yeah. mornings after church. She's like, look at this uncle Frank comic. He took a he, picture of his poopy. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he had a smartphone in the bathroom and now it's all dirty. <laughs> uh, but, and I don't remember what I, maybe I'll post some of those when this episode comes out. Cause I don't know where those currently exist but it was 30 i did 30 days of that and it's like just a short amount of time of like all right is this a five panel a three panel you gotta like plot your story out with your words and stuff it's yes. uh there's planning involved uh and then number 10 little orphan a uh, little orphan andy from 1924 to 2010 86 years and i know that one because on uh, a christmas story it's a little bit it's a little orphan annie show or whatever so there was like a radio show and I mean, 
if they're like people do you want to read about little orphan annie i'm like no not really because <laughs> is, is it the same little orphan annie from like the musical annie i think so yeah okay i mean it'd be weird if there were there were two orphans named annie who blew up <laughs> in popularity like different unrelated annie just unrelated to, to the orphan one got like, adopted the other did this <laughs> the other one this is just what if the other comic strip of annie was just the annie that didn't get adopted it's just like the hardships of not being adopted and living in an orphanage <laughs> that's like not fun at all be like oh this is dark it's always like times is hard <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, and as we, as I mentioned, some of those are over 100 years, 86 years. How could a person uh, write that for so long? Because usually it's one author, but that's, that's not always the case, Gavin. What? You I mean know. Charles Schultz didn't write every Peanuts comic ever? How he dare he? He actually did, but uh, did he? we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, he did. Bad example. Uh, <laughs> cut this. Cut this cut. out. Uh, sometimes the second authors, many older strips are no longer drawn by the original cartoonist. When they bring in somebody else, uh, it's called a zombie strip. They're, uh, either paid <laughs> by the, the syndicate, which we'll talk about that, or like a family member paying them to still write that. So examples of that are Hagar, the horrible and Frank and Ernest are both drawn by the sons of the creators. Some strips, which are still in uh, affiliation with the original creator, are produced by small teams of entire companies or entire companies like Garfield with old Jim Davis. Um, some people don't don't like that. Pearls Before Swine, uh, this guy who, who writes that, Stephen uh, uh, Pastis, the issue was addressed in six consecutive Pearl strips in 2005 and Charles Scholes of uh, Peanuts fame. Requested that the strip not be continued by other cartoonists after his death. He also rejected the idea of hiring an inker or a letterer, comparing it to a golfer hiring a man to do his putts. Um, so when he died, he's like, I don't want anybody touching anything. <laughs> I don't want nobody touching my Snoopy, my Woodstock, and definitely <laughs> not Peppermint Patty. Do not touch Peppermint <laughs> Patty. She will cut you. Don't touch Pigpen because he's <laughs> filthy. <laughs> you know, some of those characters had to be relieved. Like Pigpen's like, finally, I can die. <laughs> finally, I've been filthy for 60, 70 years. Please Let me die. Can take a bath or something. <laughs> My God. Uh, now, newspaper comic strip coming in two different and I guess types, I guess, daily strips and Sunday strips. Now, dailies, you'll see that you ever just read the newspaper back in the day on a Wednesday and you're like, I didn't know they had comics on a Wednesday. You know, I knew they were different because back again, when I was a eight year old with my grandmother reading mm -hmm. these comic strips, like here's the Thursday edition. And I, <laughs> one thing I did notice immediately was that the weekday the, the weekday strips were in black and white, but yeah. Sunday, baby, that's when that color hits. Print it color. Yeah, it was it was weird to be like, this isn't as fun without the <laughs> color for some reason. It's just very <laughs> every every comic strip in black and white feels like a noir. You're like, yeah. this this family circus feels real dark today. <laughs> this city's a festering uh sore just waiting to be blah blah blah. I hate Mondays. <laughs> Uh, people will look up and ask for help, and I'll say, 
no <laughs> i like that you turned into rorschach from watching it. <laughs> no <laughs> well, the weekly the weekly rorschach was hilarious <laughs> hilarious the just, end is nigh <laughs> just the way he wouldn't help any homeless people it was like god damn this city <laughs> this city um yeah so uh they'll run them uh, during the week and then the sunday is kind of the big car uh color spectacular but do, do you think like uh, some of these cartoonists will draw like one that's like, hey, this is a six out of ten as far as quality and funny and all that. They're like, this is a Wednesday. <laughs> you think they do that? Or like, this is a Monday. Nobody cares on a Monday. But a Sunday, like this is definitely uh, uh, one of the uh, headliner versus like an opener, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was going to ask you that. Like, you know that some days they're just like, yeah, this is like a Tuesday blondie. This is not. But then they're like. Holy shit. Did you see him eat that sandwich? How I do that. <laughs> that is a Sunday full color yep. above the fold. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> That's I and like when I did uh, the joke a day for a year, there were definitely I had I would write a bunch and have them in my phone. And then some days it was a, a struggle and I'd be like, I guess this is a joke. <laughs> like. <laughs> This is this technically has a setup and a punchline. It can be categorized as a joke. Yeah, joke writing is hard. It's not fun. Uh, no, well, sometimes it's fun, but most times it's hard. There you uh, go. Size matters, Gavin. Uh, no. During the, I, the, we're gonna talk about. Wait, are we doing a promotion? Are we doing a promo for hymns right now? Size for matters, and if you need blue chew, blue chew, get your dick on the gas, as all my <laughs> wrestling podcasts say. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what blue chew is, Google the give that a Barney Google. Uh, during the 1930s, the original art for daily strips uh, could be drawn as large as 25 inches wide by six inches high. Over the decades, the size of daily strips became smaller and smaller. In 2000, four standard daily strips could fit in the area of uh, one single daily strip. So you could fit four cartoons into the one back in the day. 25 inches by six inches is pretty big. That's over two feet across. That's a, that's a big ass newspaper. I was going to say, like, are you getting your newspaper on poster board? <laughs> also, who thinks they deserve that much room for their comic strip? Be like, no, this is it's like when some directors in movies are like the real way to experience this is in the biggest IMAX screen imaginable. You're like, no, Quentin Tarantino. This looks fine on my 50 inch TV at home. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not missing anything. But just imagine like. I need the six inch tall, 25 inches across <laughs> two and a half feet. Like, what Just, are you doing? That's a lot of, lot of space. A lot like, of Popeye. Oh, um, I, I will say like when the director's like, it must be watched on this screen. Like I watch a lot of stuff uh, on my phone. You can't <laughs> tell it, but it's, it's, it's not only is it just a phone screen, but it's currently cracked. So that's that, like, has anybody, anybody ever released something? And I'm like, this is best watched on an iPhone 12 <laughs> with a cracked screen. You've not really? lived. So somebody, so Christopher Nolan is somebody who does this, like the movie Tenet came out and yeah. he's like, see it on the biggest screen, like go, you got to put two IMAXs together to really mm -hmm. experience it. And then, so what somebody did was they somehow managed to put the movie on like 100 Game Boy Advance cartridges <laughs> <laughs> and just watched it like five minutes. It was the worst thing. Like, I want to watch this in the most inconvenient <laughs> format available, Game Boy Advance cartridges. <laughs> 
It's like when you watch a movie on YouTube and that they've somehow gotten it on YouTube, but they had to change the pitch of the speaking voice and also make the movie one fourth of the screen. So it's a little tiny screen inside the screen. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I did that recently. I watched the Winnie the Pooh horror movie and okay. I was like, I, and I don't want to admit to any crimes here, but I'm going to admit to a crime. <laughs> I found it on, uh, on an unscrupulous website and I watched it with like a, a slot machine website watermark that would like move across the screen ever so slightly. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was like recorded by somebody's phone. It had random commercials for the slot machine website inserted it in. And I was like, I'm glad this is a movie that I like, like really care about because I'd be really mad right now, but this, I don't, I don't care, but it's like, I'm watching this in the, in the worst possible way to see a movie which is with watermarks on somebody's phone yeah it's like that's how you really want to watch saving private ryan is <laughs> on a, that, with a slot machine ticker going across when that pregnant woman got up so many times to pee during <laughs> saving private Ryan, like i felt that I, I really felt that there was that one time we were a uh, producer wife and i were in the movies and we were going to see the movie the witch Okay. Which is a it's a what many would call Gavin elevated horror, yes. or uh, so it's a horror movie, but it's set in like uh, well, I don't know what uh, old New, New England, uh, new New England, like when it first started or whatever, Pi not pioneer <laughs> days. Uh, either way, this lady, there's a baby in the witch, which it's it's fine. I guess if you're gonna bring a child, make sure it's a baby because this is a scary movie. But somebody picks up the phone during the there's like eight things happening in this theater, <laughs> and this he picks up the phone and then he goes, "Oh no, we in the witch? <laughs> it's all right." <laughs> What I love about that too is that The Witch is a movie like I don't I'm not a person that watches with subtitles on a lot, but The Witch is one that you it's need old subtitles because yeah. it's just like oh it's going to be a rough winter, gonna be a rough winter, and you're like what? <laughs> is, this, <laughs> yeah. is this English? And yeah, so to, I I wish that guy would have translated it for you. Be like yeah. we in The Witch. He said that black Billy goat, <laughs> that goat. It's gonna. It's, it's the devil. You wanna, you want to live deliciously, do you? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would pay extra to have a guy translate the movie to me. Just in, <laughs> now, I, like you see uh, those uh, videos of the the sign language interpreters at concerts. I don't want that. I want a guy that's louder than the movie <laughs> to to yell at me of what's happening on the big screen in front Yo, of me. This bitch might be a witch. Is what I've heard. <laughs> I, I think she might be with the devil. <laughs> I'd pay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, his name is Dolby. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the Dolby I'm paying for. <laughs> well, let's put a spotlight on on two comic strips. And uh, the, you guys have definitely heard of both of these. So the first one is Peanuts. Yeah. How could you not talk about Peanuts? Charlie Brown, the Great Pumpkin, that weird Thanksgiving special that nobody enjoys. Mm -hmm. With Franklin, the only black character on the side of the table. Nobody else is sitting on the side of his table. I don't well, like see, that. There was, <laughs> well, see, they were making a statement, okay? They were trying to make a political statement in this <laughs> children's cartoon, I bet. I hate it when it goes too woke. Yeah, with woke. Uh, wh why are their parents around? Why is this so woke? <laughs> um, uh, And... We we're not going to talk about the holiday specials at all because those are each individual episodes back in the archive. The Christmas one, the Halloween one, and the Thanksgiving one. 
Uh, I all did. I did individual episodes with guests. So go back and listen to those. Uh, cause we're not, we got lots to get to today. Gabby. Oh, you good? You good? I, I'm just referencing a point of reference here, my <laughs> man. Listen, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take listeners away from your other episodes. It's well, it sounds like it. <laughs> Somebody was going to listen to it, but now they're not, <laughs> especially, uh, you know, it's almost summertime. Let me pull up that Christmas special. <laughs> hit, hit me with that Christmas. Jam. <laughs> uh, written and illustrated by Charles Schultz, uh, uh from 1950 to 2000. God. 50 years <laughs> good grief <laughs> good gr- and it was all him all charles schultz for 17,897 strips published in all and at the time of his death in 2000 peanuts ran over uh, in over 2600 newspapers with a readership of 355 million and 75 countries it was translated into 21 languages together with its merchandise uh, Scholes earned more than one billion dollars. That is a lot of money. For... Can you imagine? Like, just it's a little bald head kid wearing the same shirt, a beagle running around, and you made a billion dollars off of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just little life lessons, and like he's not going to kick the football. He's he's going to miss it. The mm-hmm. psychiatrist stuff. He's and, a depressed whatever year old, seven year old. Like, yeah, he's just never gonna be. He's never gonna grow up. He's gonna be the same age forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, and we, we we talked about it briefly because you said it was like over seven thousand strips or something. Uh, seventeen thousand strips. Seventeen thousand. Yeah. So you know this man. They're they're not all bangers, like we said. No. If you, if you go through there after seventeen thousand, there's some real. Real rough ones. I'm trying there's to a, Google like the worst ones ever, but it's there's a lot like of it. Wednesdays, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Wednesdays <laughs> on here, a lot of Thursday afternoons. Well, somebody shared a long time ago the first uh, Peanuts comic strip, and uh, it's a four panel one. I'm going to read it to you because I, I just thought it was just fitting for Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's walking down the street. There are two kids sitting on the curb. It says, "Well, here, uh, here comes old Charlie Brown." Next panel. Good old Charles Brown. Yes, sir. He walks by. Good old Charlie Brown. Now he's gone. This kid says, how I hate him. (laughs) Like, I just think that's funny where they're like, look at this guy right here. What a great guy. He's gone. I hate his ass. Like, how fitting for this. Just set this depressed kid up. Like, I hate this kid. (laughs) We hate you. And guess what? For the next 50 years, life ain't getting much better, Chuck. (laughs) That's right, Chuck. Uh, (laughs) The the title, Peanuts, uh, actually was supposed to be called Lil Folks, as in like Lil John or Lil Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a weekly panel cartoon that appeared in uh, Schultz's hometown newspaper of St. Paul. He's from uh, Minneapolis, by the way, from 47 to 1950. He submitted a little folks to uh, the UFS, uh, which is the uh, I had notes on that. The United whatever of syndication. It's a company takes your stuff, sends it out, see if uh, other newspapers want it. So it's kind of like you send it and then they send it out to other places uh for uh, syndication uh and they they also distributed uh garfield uh, dilbert and lil abner as in lil wayne lil uh <laughs> oh, UF- dilbert. oh are, we, are we are we still talking about dilbert huh 
we well, that's what kind of gave me the idea to do this episode. But no, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Dilbert. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why are you trying to cancel Dilbert? Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to get rid of Dilbert? He's got a rich history. It ain't his fault. I'm just saying we should keep Charlie Brown separate from Franklin. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I would love so. I would love for a racist to come on TV and use that exact analogy and be like, I ain't saying I'm racist. <laughs> I'm just saying you got to keep the Franklin and the Charlie Brown separated. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? But equal, separate, but equal. <laughs> uh, when UFS was preparing to syndicate the comic strip, Lil Folk, uh, no S, uh, there was also a guy who wrote uh, something called Little Folks, as in Little House on the Prairie. And they thought it would confuse the marketplace. And that guy who wrote Little Folks uh, didn't like it. So pretty quickly, they they changed it uh, at, so from the, uh, the show Howdy Doody. The show featured an audience of children who were seated in the, quote, peanut gallery and referred to as peanuts. The This inspired... Uh, them to change the title to peanuts and wouldn't you know it charles schultz hated that name it wasn't his <laughs> idea he hated it i just i i really enjoy that so many people were using the word folks in their yeah. comment like little folks big folks medium folks that's yeah you don't hear that a lot anymore and then even more folk no s mm. just no l in it folk f-o-k-e <laughs> Little folk. It's like the only time I hear the word folk is like if somebody's talking about the band Mumford and Sons. Yeah. Like, you music. hear about that folk? You hear about that folk music? They got that <laughs> violin. Uh, he, he accused that production manager who actually chose that title from the UFS. That's a syndication company. Not having seen the comic strip at all. <laughs> and said that the title would only make sense if there was a character named Peanuts on the day it was syndicated. Schultz's friend visited a newspaper stand in uh, uh, Minneapolis and asked newspapers carried peanuts, to which the, the news guy replied, no, and we don't have any popcorn either. <laughs> you ever have, I do this sometimes while I'll title a video, and you release videos too, uh, I'll title the video, and then for some reason it just doesn't hit right away, and I'm like, I shouldn't have named it that. Oh, this yeah. is a big mistake, you know? Oh, yeah, where it's like, I phrased this wrong. I used a preposition. I shouldn't have used that preposition. It's all about, so right now, um, when we're recording this, Scream 6 is about to come out. And I mm -hmm. made this video. There's this thing where you could have the character of Ghostface, like, call your phone. It's like a fun okay. little prank you can do. So I made a video, like, how to have Ghostface call you. And I was like, pretty straightforward. But I'm like, did I... Should it say how to have Ghostface prank your friends and scare them? Should I call mm -hmm. it like Ghostface prank gone wrong? Like what should <laughs> I, like what should I name it? It's just me like screen recording, be like, here's what you do. So it's always like, did I did, did I phrase this wrong? Did I put too many words in this title? And yeah. did I, yeah, it's it's very frustrating when you when you're like this video is a banger, and then you're like, no, I used the wrong phrasing because you spent two or three hours putting this video together, and then you don't want it to be broken by the title, let yeah. alone. Charles Schultz uh, working for 50 years with a name <laughs> that he didn't even like. <laughs> I mean, he could have called it D's nuts. D's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> the, be like, do you guys carry, uh, you guys carry nuts? Be like, which nuts? Uh, D's nuts? What? D's nuts. D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> D's nuts. 
I'm surprised that's not a comic strip by now. These, <laughs> it's like a a, a a parody of peanuts. It's called these nuts. <laughs> but every 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 punchline is just Charles Brown grabbing his <laughs> dick, <and> being <laughs> being like Lucy holds the f- football, and he's like, "I ain't kicking that." She's like, "Why not?" Yeah. These nuts. It's like you after like a week, you'd have so much trouble trying to figure out how to get to these nuts. <laughs> In a in a creative way. Uh, what if he's a, he's working at a nuclear power plant and then uh, and there's a meltdown? He's like, oh no, he's nuts. Be like, what? He's already had uh, three panels where he works at the peanut factory. <laughs> so, we had to do something else. We gotta we gotta get to these nuts. Let me. He tell works you. at a bolt factory, I guess, or something. It's always a factory that carries something that we could call nuts. Uh, can you set those? Can can you sort those bolts, Charles? Yeah. Uh, what a what about the nuts? Which nuts? These, These nuts. nuts. <laughs> and he always like stands up on a table to deliver the punchline. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say anything. That's a fucking Sunday strip right there. That's so a him Sunday. At, him at the bolt factory. Print it. Print it. <laughs> Now, when Ghostface calls your phone, is this like a recording or is this a, like they've hired a, some people to, to pretend rec- to be Ghostface? Yeah. <laughs> it's a recording. It'd be really weird if they just had, if they like outsourced it and you're getting like a, an, an Indian Ghostface calling yeah. you. I'm like, like, why did you outsource Ghostface? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, it's like, does anybody speak English anymore? <laughs> I want my God, this is America. I want my threats from a ghost face to be in English. Damn it. Some guy that's so mad about it. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's like a recording and it it says your name and stuff, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do do it to you when you least expect it. What's your social security number? (laughs) Be like, is this just it's just elder abuse? (laughs) (laughs) What if what if the guy uh, after the you know after a week or two after scream comes out he can do a really good ghost face but then he's just got to get regular telemarketing jobs like <laughs> we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty <laughs> if you don't get the if you don't get the insurance it's gonna gut you like a fish <laughs> i'll gut you like cattle uh <laughs> so Ch- old chuck charles schultz didn't like uh that's weird i wouldn't think about it charles it's the same same name. His character is the same name as him. I didn't even think about that. This is just a projection of his own depression. That's probably what it was. Uh, like, goddamn what, Lucy. Whenever he was asked what he did for a living, he he evaded the title and he'd say, I draw the comic strip with Snoopy in it, Charlie Brown and his dog. He didn't even <laughs> want to say it. 50 years, the guy. He's working for Peanuts. <laughs> am I right? Am I right, guys? Am I right? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, he he did all of it. He uh, produced all aspects of the strip himself, from the script to the finished art and lettering, which, you know, I kind of knew a little bit about comic strips and comic books where it's like those are different jobs of you write it, but then you could draw it, but then you got a guy have to like a guy to trace it and a guy to ink it or whatever. Mm-hmm. He did all of it. Uh, however, he h- hired people to produce the comic book uh, adaptations of Peanuts, and the strip was able to be presented in a unified tone in the same art style <clears throat> and all that stuff. And backgrounds were uh, generally minimalistic in style. 94, the importance of graphic, crafting the strip himself, he said, this is not a crazy business about slinging ink this is deadly serious business i can appreciate that just how serious he takes drawing a snoopy yeah but 
Snoopy and Charlie Brown. And it's uh it's it's weird how like this guy was so dedicated to it. But I'd rather I'd rather have that than a guy that's like, ah, it's a paycheck. Like any any uh, of the appliances on the Flintstones, like ah, it's a living, <laughs> it's a living. It's like they shit in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? And be like, oh, that poor Brontosaurus. It's I like toilet. to think that that Fred just shit in all the appliances. <laughs> <laughs> well, ma, <laughs> bring me my shitting triceratops. I told you not to shit in the dishwasher. <laughs> it's a living. You don't shit where you eat. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> uh, now let's let's talk about Franklin because that you know if, if there's any controversy to uh, peanuts, it, it, I guess it might be this: a Los Angeles school teacher named Harriet Glickman wrote to Schultz on April fifteenth, nineteen sixty-eight. That's eleven days after MLK. Junior was assassinated. I like to point out that it was the junior. Um, on April 26, <laughs> he wrote back saying he had thought about this, including a black character, but he was afraid of quote pat- patronizing our Negro friends. Now that's back in the day. You could now, now people don't really say Negro, but back <laughs> whatever. Uh, this began a correspondence between Schultz and Glickman, and she uh, asked permission to have some of her black friends write Schultz, which listen. And when I look up this lady, this lady's not even black. She's just a teacher, <laughs> but I, I figured this lady was black, but she had her black friends, write uh, Charles Schultz. And one of those was uh, Kenneth C. Kelly wrote Schultz saying that the introduction of a black character would quote, ease my problem of having my kids seeing themselves pictured in the overall American scene End quote, or secondly, it would suggest racial amity, with a casual day-to-day sense. So it's like racial friendship. And also uh, we've talked on, on they're coming to get you, Gavin. Re- it's just important for people to see themselves reflected in society, especially children. Yeah, so exactly. If you don't see a black kid and you're a black kid, your people are probably like, well, what about me? Can I yeah. not be an astronaut too or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that's why movies currently like like the Black Panther movies or even like the uh the, the Creed movies where you've got the I, I saw Creed three re- recently, so that's why it's kind of fresh in my mind. But it's like mm-hmm. you went from seeing like Rocky Balboa, the this white Italian man, and then it transitions into, oh, it's a black lead in Michael B. Jordan. And it's like, oh, I can see myself in these boxing movies, I can see myself as a superhero. And people want to like argue with it and be mad that that it's woke, and it's like no, it's just representation. They released a trailer <laughs> for the new uh, animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and April O'Neil is going to be black. And like what? People, <laughs> and people are like, why? Well, why do you ruin a, a perfect thing? It's like perfect thing, Jesus Christ! Like what is? Like there's no reason. Like you're going to argue about Ninja Turtles, green reptiles who are ninjas, yeah. and you're like, but no, I draw the line at a black April O'Neil. It's like they need to see this representation because it gives them the confidence to do like what I could draw, yeah. I could sing, I could yeah. whatever, or just hey, cool. There's somebody like me, you know? Yeah, exactly. I love the thought of that. Literally, the the title is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm willing to accept all that, but a, a black woman in, in the media. No, thank you. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> thank you. How dare you rock study and bebop perfectly fine. I get that black woman. No, absolutely nah. not. 
It's the titles. Run. Uh, in an interview in 97, Schultz discussed receiving the letter from a Southern editor. He's a quote who said something about, I don't mind you having a black character, but please don't show them in school together. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's fine if you want to have them, but don't have them learning next to each other. <laughs> uh, damn people. And I know where we're, we're laughing at, like 1960s racism. But yeah. it's like, but I mean, I feel like where we're heading back to the 60s most days uh, here yeah. in America. So it's like, <laughs> this is funny. It's so long ago. It wasn't that long <laughs> ago. It was like less than like 50, 60 years ago. It's like, well, then you oh, also said laughing. April O'Neil. Like this yeah. is happening now. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're like, don't, don't be showing her with those. You can make her black, but don't be showing her on the news. Report yeah. about the turtles. Unless it's Candace Owens. Uh, <laughs> uh, Schultz uh, drew the strip for nearly 50 years. No assistance, even in lettering and coloring, which we already mentioned. But man, 50 years of doing all, all of it. And like, um, I think the lettering would be the worst part because you have to like make all your letters look the same. And I know that I'm just like describing writing with a pencil right now. Yeah. But it's like writing is so hard. But it, it is to make everything look similar and like mm -hmm. presentable because I my handwriting looks like garbage. So to be like the letterer, that seems like the most difficult part to me, aside from like drawing the actual characters. Well, just think of the wear on your body of being not necessarily hunched over, but leaning over a, a table at a whatever angle and drawing for 50 years. Yeah. Whatever job you do for 50 years, you're probably going to have some angst and pains from it, you know? Yeah, because modern medicine in the 1950s was What's like, just, have you tried like, smoking? <laughs> yeah, just hunch over and lift with your back, lift yeah. with your back, hunch over and just really get into that, that creep keeper, that creep, okay. that crypt keeper pose. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nothing uh, a, uh, eases the aches and pains more than a cool puff of a Winston cigarette. <laughs> Lucky strikes. <laughs> My doctor recommends. Uh, now, Schultz continued to write the strip until announcing his retirement December 14th, 1999. He's going to party like it's uh, almost <laughs> that year 2000 due to his failing health. <laughs> Finally, original the original Peanuts comic strip was published Monday, January 3rd, 2000. That was the daily, the daily version, the one that's the Wednesdays, you know, mm -hmm, yeah. no color. February 13, 2000, the day after he died. So he announces his retirement December 14th, February 12th. He's dead. This guy <laughs> pretty much worked till he died doing this comic strip. And uh, God, two months. Like, I can't think about I, I don't want to think that I retire and then two months later I die. Be like, I should have retired a while ago. But it's not like he did an interview where he was upset, like he wanted to keep doing. He's like, I thought I'd do this till my 80s. Like he wanted to. This is the guy, the type of personality that had to work. But on February 13, 2000, the day after his death, the last ever new peanut strip ran in papers, three panels long and begins uh, Charlie Brown answering the phone. Someone on the other end, presumably asking for Snoopy. Chuck says, no, he, I think he's writing. The panel next shows Snoopy sitting on uh, as, at the typewriter, uh, opening to uh, or addressing a letter, dear friends. And here's what the letter says. It says, I've been fortunate to draw Charlie Brown and his friends for almost 50 years. It has been the fulfillment of my childhood ambition. Unfortunately, I am no longer to maintain the schedule demanded by a daily comic strip. My family does not wish peanuts to be continued by anyone else. 
Therefore, I am announcing my retirement. I've been grateful over the years for the loyalty of our editors and the wonderful support and love expressed to me by the fans of the comic strip. Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, Lucy, how can I ever forget them? Charles M. Schultz. Weird that Snoopy's writing this. Weird That's that. true. <laughs> it's weird that. It's well, weird he's got to break the fourth wall somehow. <laughs> Has Snoopy been the secretary the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Write this down, Snoopy. Can you imagine him as the court stenographer? What high jinks he must. It's a double murder. And he's flying around on a. <laughs> the Red Baron. <laughs> oh, a double murder, you say, eh? I've got some experience in dog fighting. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought you were going to say that Charles, I think you say Char, uh, Charlie Brown answers the phone and then is informed of Charles Schultz's death. What's that? <laughs> oh, then, no. And then it's just like he gets the death, he gets the notification of the death. And then the, the next two panels are just blank as, <laughs> if he, as if he died while writing it. It just, uh, it's like half drawn characters. So. <laughs> it's just like you, you can see where his pen pencil like scribbled on as he yeah. collapsed on his writing desk. Well, and that, that was his, uh, the stuff I read about him, uh, he had a lot of stuff going on. He had a heart stuff, uh, which he had a heart problem. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. And then this is how popular this dude was. He got a call from Ronald Reagan while in the hospital. Like you could, however you feel about Ronald Reagan. You know, you're pretty popular when you end up in the hospital and the president's like, well, we just wanted to check on you. You know, <laughs> like, I want to see what that Snoopy's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing my strips, Chuck. I got a He's just not doing it for me. This family <laughs> circus is trash. <laughs> uh, and he had he had cancer and he, he started to have tremors in his arm, which I guess they gave him beta blockers and that fixed that. But you could. I guess there's a point in the art where you could see where he became a little unstable with the drawing type stuff and unstable, with, and unstable in the writing. Cause there's one where Charlie Brown buys a gun and you're like, this is not, this is not the Charlie Brown. I remember. I'm just real depressed. Snoop. <laughs> uh, now the, uh, there's the, one of the most famous moments in the strip and all in the, the specials and stuff where he, where he kicks the, the football Mm -hmm. uh, Schultz was asked in the final if in the, the final peanut strip, Charlie Brown would finally get to kick the football after so many decades, um, you know, and he said, oh, no, definitely not. I couldn't have Charlie Brown kick that football. That would be a terrible disservice to him after nearly half a century. But December 99, he did an interview. He recounted that moment uh, where he signed the final strip saying all of a sudden I thought. You know, that poor, poor kid, he never got to kick the football. What a dirty trick. He uh, never had a chance to kick the football. And he said that with tears in his eyes. Oh, my God. He, this is his character, man. 50 years. He should. Do you think he should have let him kick that football or no? Yes. Yes. I think he I think he should have because it would have been like it would have marked the end. It would have mm -hmm. been like the, the perfect ending of like he kicked the football to win the Super Bowl. I don't know. He, he gets drafted by the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. And then you see him have this career. And I don't know why Lucy also made the team, but she did. <laughs> and just, <laughs> it's, it's weird that he became an NFL kicker when he never actually got to kick a football. But, but hear me out. He kicks yeah. it to win the Super Bowl and everybody cheers him on. I think that would have been the perfect ending for Charlie Brown. And I picture him in that uniform, but he's got the old school, just the one bar going across the, 
the helmet, not the full face mask, just the one. Uh, I also I would have loved for him to kick uh, Lucy if he <laughs> he did a he gave her a super kick and he did the leg slap so it sounded like sweet uh, chin music. Hey, <laughs> he's tuning up the band. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, these are wrestling uh, re- wrestling references for the uninitiated. So the heartbreak kid, Charlie Brown. <laughs> uh, suck it. Uh, <laughs> Break it now, down. <laughs> now we talked about peanuts but there's uh maybe this uh, debatably a more famous character and what character is that who could it be now well you'll have to wait a second because i mentioned earlier in our episode patreon.com slash brent comedies where you can go to help support the show you get early access to episodes including goodfellas the worst dates Objects People Got Stuck in Their Bodies, 2022 edition, The History of the KKK, and I told you about a Patreon-only interview with Trey Crowder. Let's listen to a little bit of that. He's talking about how his family owned a video store back in the day. Yeah, dude, it's something nostalgic about a, a video store. Even though, like, if they had, a, like, a pop-up one now, I'd be I'd walk around, but I'd be like, what am I supposed to do? With yeah. all this, you know, take it back nah, and actually no. watch it. Well, that it's like I said, the <laughs> the so Salina, I've talked about it a bunch from my hometown. Like there was this factory that was the beating heart of the town's economy, and then the factory left in the nineties, right? And mm-hmm. it just like it just fucking killed everything and so many businesses closed and everything fucked up and shut down. So like in a way that was almost like I I don't know, it I guess it sucks either way, but what I'm saying is our video store failed for that reason because mm-hmm. the whole town fell apart before it had a chance to fail for just the general it's a video store yeah. reason we you were failing because I mean? it was before it was cool yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> failed in a hipster way but. and there's plenty more where that came from that's about a 40 minute interview and it's available right now only on patreon.com slash brent comedy now back to the funny papers and you probably know what I'm talking about. Garfield. I love me some Garfield. And Garfield is one, because I'm a cat person. I think you're a cat person as well. Yeah. So anytime you see an orange cat, you're like, it's Garfield there. We have a fat cat named Sunshine who is orange. And we're like, "Cause well, she's fat because we do feed her nothing but lasagna. So, it's so true. That, that's our fault. But Garfield, I, I Gar- Garfield really for me, you have the peanut specials, but Garfield had like his own like cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Garfield, Garfield and Friends. Yeah, which was fantastic. I really liked it. So I was more of a fan of if you're a peanuts or a Garfield person, I'm much more of a Garfield person. I like both, but it's for different reasons. Those those specials very nostalgic. Again, that's my grandpa. So, you know, sitting me down in front of that big Zenith console TV and showing me and he would he, my grandpa's really good about taping things. Mm-hmm. So somewhere I have the tapes of those old specials that I want to rewatch on VHS and the Garfield uh, special was on there as well. He he was looking out for your boy right here. There you go. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to record this technology that will never go away. <laughs> uh, so June 19th, 1978, it's 44 years ago. This is uh, approaching 50 years of, of, uh, of Garfield and, uh, originally published uh, locally as John, not Garfield. It was called John. 
<laughs> J-O-N. Nobody cares about John. Like, <laughs> fucking John Arbuncle. Like nobody, <laughs> like nobody cares about this guy who because that's like that is the theme to every comic strip is like regular white guy does regular white guy things. I'm lame. Isn't that right? Garfield. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so then and nation went nationwide in 78 as Garfield as a 2013, it was roughly, uh, it was syndicated in roughly 2,580 newspapers and journals and held the Guinness world record for being the world's most widely syndicated comic strip. And did you know uh, Jim Davis? You probably know that Jim Davis is from right here in Indiana. He's the yeah mm-hmm. the pride of uh, of Hoosier, Indiana. But Garfield is set in Muncie, Indiana. I didn't know it was set in Muncie. Yeah, that's where I uh, Ball State University. Papa mm-hmm. John uh, <laughs> went to to uh, Ball State, but also more famously, David Letterman went to Ball State as well. Yeah, and I I dated a girl who went to Ball State like 15 years ago, and I, I went to visit her, and they used to go so hard on Papa John, and they're mm-hmm. like, you know he went here, you know he went here, and we told him it was a bad idea, and now they're like, we are sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we did not know he was going to be such a shitty person. A racist, yeah, and that not even like a light racist, like... Yeah. Hard R racist. He's like a racist with extra cheese. Like that's how racist he is. <laughs> He's like, I put that racism in the crust. <laughs> I drizzled that on there. I can taste it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's delicious. I still like Papa John's. And I know that's weird. That's that's controversial to say. Listen, it's okay now because Shaq makes all the pizzas with his family. He that's makes all, sh- the shakaroni, baby. That's shakaroni. <laughs> Shaq is in every other commercial, and that's fine with me. <laughs> that's how you know a brand isn't racist. They're like, can we get Shaq? Yeah, get we gotta get somebody in here. <laughs> it's like Jesse Jackson or Shaq. One uh, of those has to be shell selling your stuff, or you're a racist. And and Muncie has a special place in my heart. That's where I would do. I started not necessarily stand up there in Muncie. It was here in Indianapolis, but it's an hour drive. Mm-hmm. I would drive up there uh, to a place called MT Cup, like the letter M, the letter T, and perform stand up. And I remember like doing a show and then having to drive back home to take a final the next day in high school. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> that, so like I spent a lot of time in Muncie back in the day doing stand up, and at those shows is where you met Papa John, and he's like, right. "I see something in you, kid. I see something in you." Can I give you some notes? And I, <laughs> uh, I, I opened the paper, and I can't say what he wrote, but it was like more of that. <laughs> uh, cartoonist Jim Davis was born and raised in Muncie, Indiana. He drew a comic uh, strip named Norm Nat. Uh, Davis had tried to syndicate the strip, but was unsuccessful. And he noted that one editor told him that the art's good. The gags were great, but nobody can identify with bugs. Davis decided to pursue current comic strips to determine uh, peruse rather uh, current comic strips to see what animal characters might be popular. He felt that dogs were doing well, but noticed no prominent cats. Davis figured he could create a cat star having grown up on a farm with 25 cats. Damn, that's going to get the health department called on you. That's a lot of cats. Uh, that's a lot of cats. That's the kind of cats where if you die, they're going to find nothing but bones in that house. Yeah, just your face is gone. and uh, <laughs> But your cats are full. They are. They loved it. We loved them so much. Let's eat them. <laughs> 
Uh, and we'll we'll see for, like later in 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 my notes here that it was not a uh, not like uh, an accident why Garfield blew up. Uh, he Garfield he took his name and personality from uh, Davis's grandfather James A. Garfield Davis, who described uh, who was described as a large cantankerous man. John Arbuckle came from the 1950s coffee commercial or a coffee commercial. John's roommate Lyman. I don't even. Do you remember him having a roommate? No. And and when you're saying roommate, it feels like air quotes. <laughs> uh, like John's roommate Lyman, who just disappeared after a while. <laughs> I don't love you anymore, Lyman. <laughs> I hate Mondays. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I don't remember him having a roommate, but uh, apparently. I don't either. Yeah, he he added he was added to give John someone to talk to carried over from the earlier strip. Uh, Norm Nat as a character, uh, the name, at least the final character was Lyman's dog spot it was renamed Oni uh, Odie be, to avoid confusion uh, with another dog spot in a comic strip. Gavin, the comic strip was called Boner's Ark. <laughs> That is my favorite Brazzers series now. Yeah, Boner's <laughs> Ark. They they pull up in the Ark and they're like, "Hey, baby, where are you headed?" <laughs> I got the, you, I only see one of you. We got to make some more to keep this Earth populated, baby. <laughs> What's up? You know, Boner's Ark was such a weird name that I did research on that because it's <laughs> it's Boner's Ark. It ran until May twenty seventh, two thousand. So even like 99, somebody was like, can you believe this is called Boner's Ark? Now, is it Ark? A-R-K? Like, A-R-K, like, like Noah. Yeah, like Boner's Ark just sounds like this is like the the the, the redemption story of like a boner. Like, <laughs> tonight's the night. It's a, this, we're going to, yeah, I don't know, I have any jokes. Uh, that's how, <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you're a good host. Uh, it's that's an American. A <laughs> that, that was a Tuesday joke. American comic strip created by Mort Walker, who also created a uh, uh, Beetle Bailey. It was uh, designed and written by. Uh, yeah, he designed it. It was appeared at March uh, 11, nineteen sixty eight, and it was pretty much about like a Noah's Ark type stuff with uh, animals, and uh, the the characters Captain Boner. <laughs> Just gets better. He's the leader, not Noah, I guess, but Captain Boner. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying not to be 12 years old right now. It was like Captain Boner. But come on, man. Like, come on, am I right? It's like when somebody says that was a real boner. Nobody says that anymore, you know. Yeah, there's like a really famous Batman comic called The Joker's Boner. Where it's like, <laughs> can, can you believe the Joker's boner? And they keep saying it, and you're like, please stop. I can't please stop being myself. <laughs> Uh, so the, again, this one is syndicated like uh, like peanuts. Uh, it wonder underwent uh, Garfield underwent a quote di- Darwinian evolution. We begin uh, walking on his hind legs. He slimmed down and he stopped looking through squinty little eyes. I loved that big fat fat necked Garfield back in the day. <laughs> I've never seen the old Garfield. Google the- uh fat Garfield because it's. It's, it's I think it's more charming than like the slimming one, the slim. Uh, yeah, when you that go- is- yeah, when you Google it, that's not the the right picture. 
that comes <laughs> up. Or I, I guess if you Google old school Garfield, let's go original Garfield. Let's see what that is. Oh my God, this Garfield has diabetes for sure. This He's a fat is... cat. He barely fits in that shoe box, right? Oh God, I'm also looking at like old John Arbuckle, who looks like he also has been hit with a stick. He just this is a. Yeah. This is a haunting realization I'm having right now. Do you see that 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 one picture says 1978 Garfield? Yes. 1980. Yeah, that I love the fat 78 Garfield. I love the evolution of him because you got 78, and then yeah, he he gets slimmer as it goes on. So good for him. It only took him <laughs> looks like uh, 22 years to get there, but he got there. He did. It, it. really is a, an evolution because he goes from all hunched over, and then he's like walking. It is kind of an evolutionary chart. I mean, yeah, if you start walking more often on your hind legs, like, yeah, you're going to slim down probably. <laughs> uh, and that was more so uh, you could make it easier to push Odie off a table or reach for a piece of pie. I get that. That's <laughs> yeah. how evolution occurs. Is they put You put pie high enough and I'm going to grow a couple inches. <clears throat> All the NBA players are only that tall because they're like, I want that pie on that top shelf. Give me that lemon meringue. <laughs> okay, so this is a rapid rise in this popularity of this newspaper. Debuted uh, in 1977 in 41 newspapers. In 81, it was in 850 newspapers and accumulated over $15 million in merch. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Dave just re- uh, created the Pause Inc. to handle all the all the everything. Uh, in 82, the strip was appearing in more than 1,000 newspapers. In 2004, he appeared in uh, 2,600 newspapers. And this is a, a fact that I kind of saw uh, all over. Annually, I think Garfield makes between 750 and $1 billion in all the stuff combined. And actually, $700 million of that is just from stuffed animal garfield with suction cups to put on the back of your suv we'll talk about it don't get ahead of me i'm sorry yeah but wait there's more (laughs) Uh, so so we had charles schultz a guy who did everything he did all of it this is different he uh jim davis farmed it out while retaining creative control and uh being the only signer davis not only uh now only writes and usually does the rough sketches since late 90s most of the work is done by uh, two assistants, Brett Koth and Gary Barker. Ink and, and coloring work is done by other artists, while Davis spends most of the time uh, supervising production and merchandising characters. Now, this is from Mental Floss. He he says, I see gags and I work with assistants on the strip, uh, stuff like that. We do roughs and all uh, filters. It all filters through me so that there's one voice. We all get together occasionally in the same room and draw and work on shapes of fingers and gestures and expressions and things like that. So it all looks the same and uniform. So you can't tell if he did it, somebody else did it. Um, and this is how popular Garfield is. I just thought this was funny. And uh, restaurant, there's Garfield restaurants. It was ghost restaurants, which is is like uh, there's something called Woo Wings. Do you know what that is, Gavin? I do not. Is that it's the Ric Flair? Rick <laughs> yeah, Woo, like a ghost kitchen. So you, there's no physical place that you go pick it up, but they'll bring it to you via Uber Eats or so. It doesn't exist. Oh, like okay. the kitchen exists, but there's not. You can't go pick your food up. So these are ghost restaurants. Uh, themed after uh, after uh, Garfield Eats was opened in Dubai. That's where it was Dubai. <laughs> Dubai? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, they love their orange cat over in Dubai, where yeah, there's like supermodels and Fast and the Furious movies and Garfield <laughs> Ghost Kitchens. Garfield, and they serve <laughs> stuff like uh, lasagna, of course, Garfield shaped pizza, uh, Garfachinos, which I assume is just cappuccino. <laughs> It'd be weird if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gar- Garfield shaped dark chocolate bars, and uh, that was in 2019. And then uh, COVID hit it, and it's not no longer around. But I just thought that was God, interesting. COVID took so much from us. The Garfield <laughs> restaurant. The Garfield Ghost Kitchen. Damn it. <laughs> Add one more death to the death total. <laughs> now, the, I found an article from Slate.com. Uh, it was, I think, when the Garfield movie came out, the most recent one. They didn't have a lot of nice things to say about Jim Davis. And I'll read from some of it. But uh, the genius of the strip was a uh, conscious effort to come up with a good marketable character. And that's a quote from Jim Davis and uh, from 1982 and primarily an animal. uh, Snoopy is very popular and licensing. Charlie Brown is not. So Jim Davis is like, he, this is, we talk about it on They're They're coming to get you the horror movie podcast Mm -hmm. where like Halloween was such a hit. And then Friday the 13th, they make no bones about it. Let's rip it off. Yeah. I don't I don't never have I ever thought that Garfield was a rip off of peanuts. I didn't either. I think they're distinct enough. But when you but and I don't think are people in this article trying to say that like Jim Davis was bad for trying to create something marketable. He's all about money. I think that's the angle. But I don't care, man. Like it's like everybody wants something marketable. Like everybody wants that angle that they can like I can put this on a shirt on a sticker. Mm -hmm. I can sell this character. I know you're you're very good about like marketing yourself. You got yeah, I'm your, greedy. Yeah, you've got your, your satirical. <laughs> you've got your satirical character. You've got your cameo stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with creating something that is marketable and fun. Like that's what everybody wants to do. Yeah. But but then if you start making money on it, you're somehow a sellout. It's like no, I just want to be able to pay my bills with like what I'm doing. I don't want to have yeah. to work a regular job. And quickly, he was paying uh, everybody's bills apparently because. Uh, he in the same interview, he admits to spending only 13 to 14 hours a week writing and drawing the strip compared to 60 hours a week doing promotion and licensing. You Ooh. can't say he doesn't work. He's working mm-hmm. 60 hours coming up with with licensing and stuff. And like like I said, he was making 15 million dollars pretty quickly on the merchant stuff. And he had a big that. I mean, when you think about it, he's employing like 60 people is what I read. Yeah. So, do you not want those people to have jobs? <laughs> yeah, you've got to you've got to sell out. You've got to make that money so so you can pay your employees so that you you can like make the stuff that you're making. Yeah, it's uh, this article, like I said, doesn't really paint him in a in a, a the right light. But I'm not like, if he was a piece of shit, maybe I don't know that he is. We'll see. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I never read any bad things about Jim Davis. Maybe, but it's also like, oh, you just don't it's bad to merchandise like come on dude yeah um he spends nearly every morning working on concepts for new products he wrote in his book in dog years i'd be dead uh that's the book title uh (laughs) 60 employee licensing behemoth there's a garfield stuff direct mail catalog which began in 97 there's an online version of that catalog there's garfield pizza cafe and Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. That God damn, just 
in Malaysia, a Nevada's gambling board just approved a slew of Garfield slot machines. Garfield was the front man of a 24 nation promotion by a grower of apples, pears, and cherries that targeted countries from Thailand to Guatemala to France. The Chinese government uses Garfield to teach English to children. <laughs> this cat has so much power. Dude, dude, this dude's everywhere. Um, he didn't uh, want to overkill the brand. He he said, we accepted the royalty checks, but my biggest fear was overexposure. He told Entertainment Weekly 98, we pulled all plush dolls off the shelves for five years. And we'll talk about that here in a minute, but we could talk about the Garfield Halloween special mm. briefly if you want to. Did you? That's one of my favorite specials to watch is the Garfield I special. I've, I don't know if I've, ever, if I've ever seen it, honestly. It's got uh, pirates in it. It's got a clown that's on the TV that telling Garfield about uh, trick-or-treating and it is it's scary it scared me as a kid oh really uh, I've, yeah. I've never seen it was it hard it was it like a Garfield and Friends special type deal no not and Friends it's just the Garfield special it's on YouTube right now okay <clears throat> and it's uh, features the voice work of a guy named C. Lindsay Workman and that's what scared he played this old old guy character and it scared the shit out of me as a kid <laughs> Um, but it's definitely it's like add it to the Halloween rotation for something okay fun for show. Sure. Uh, now we also have other voices from uh, just Garfield stuff in general. Bill Murray and Lorenzo Music. That's the guy who did most of the Garfield work. Was a guy named Lorenzo Music, and you Google him and you see him talk. It's one of those voice actors where you see him and you're like, yeah, he just sounds like Garfield. His voice is Garfield. It's not like he's putting on a voice, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and which is uh, an interesting tie is that Bill Murray was in Ghostbusters. Uh, Lorenzo Music did the voice of uh, Venkman in the Ghostbusters uh, cartoon. So that's the the thing is. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. Just a, a weird that's, thing. That's a fun little <clears throat> kawinky dink. Yeah. Now let's talk about that that thing that you won't stop talking about, Gavin. The window cling. <laughs> I Every... forgot about that window cling. Did you really? Yeah, I did until I was doing this. But it's uh, and for those unaware, it's like it's a Garfield plush with four uh, suction cups, suction cups on it that people would put on the inside of their car. Yes. And you could tell how long somebody had one because it would just become the most sun bleached, awful yeah. looking, just a horror show. And <laughs> it, in the mid 90s, early 2000s, it seemed like every fourth minivan had like a Garfield suction cup on mm -hmm. their on their van. It's kind of like when you see like those little family things off in the corner of the window. Mm -hmm. and it's like mommy, daddy or whatever. I'm trying to think if there's something else that's as popular. I It'd mean, be like the baby, baby on, board. on board. Yeah. Yeah. Baby on board is popular. <laughs> um, if you're driving through, <laughs> there's also like rest in peace, my forever angel. And it's like, yeah, you you're like, oh, you've memorialized your friend on the back of your SUV forever. OK, yeah. Good job. And, Good and then you, you drive in uh, like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's not all people, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so police in Los Angeles had a problem over the span of five months in 1987, more than 40 vehicles had seen their windows smashed in. And when officers arrived on the scene to take reports, they noticed that the stereos, the purses, the other valuables were left behind. In most cases, the only thing missing was the plush Garfield. 
<laughs> I'm going to break this window and steal this Garfield, which sold for $20. <laughs> That's more money back in 1987, but it's, I can't imagine it being a lot more than $20, you know? Did they ever find out why or why they took the Garfield plushes? People, I guess it was younger people is what, what I read that they would like kids that wanted to steal for their girlfriends. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> either way, this was a thing going on like so much that they were break-ins. Like you, it's like you, you remember back in the day, you had to take the the front of your CD player off and hide it. So nobody would take it. Yeah. Like I got to crawl in the back window and take my Garfield plush down. So nobody breaks my windows. I mean, the girlfriend thing makes sense because we've done a lot to get some, you know, to get that yep. strange. Mm-hmm. It's like, baby, I ain't going to do nothing to that dick until you go steal me the Garfield plush. Where's my Garfield plush at? All right, baby, let, let me get this crowbar. Let me just go. <laughs> I got to go go to a PTA meeting and find me a minivan. <laughs> and smash the windows to steal Garfield. <laughs> oh, baby, you're so good. Thank you for my Garfield blood. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll wrap it up on this. That was an accident to have have it, have suction cups. The, the suction cups were a mistake. It was actually supposed to be Velcro that then you could hang on your curtains <laughs> to, like, the cats climbing up your curtains, which thankfully yeah. my cats have never done that yet. Uh, do your cats climb on the curtains? Not, not, no, not okay. really. Mm-hmm. They, uh, th- we, we made the mistake. We got a brand new couch when we moved in here and wouldn't you know it, like the cats were like, we heard you got a new couch. player. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a scratching post. My God, that was the dumbest thing we've ever done is buy a brand new couch with cats. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's urine soaked and out by the cur- curb alert. If you want to come pick it up. <laughs> and it's not cat urine, by the way, just so we're not gross. <laughs> Uh, the factory didn't uh, understand the direction, says Davis. So I stuck it on a window and said, if it's still there in two days, we'll approve this. Well, they were uh, the good suction cups and we re- released it. And it never occurred to me that people would put them on cars. And in short, they made $50 million God. from the window clings. I do. And I, I really like that. He's like, if it stays there in two days, well, we'll mm-hmm. it's like, what kind of Garfield Hanukkah is this? <laughs> yeah. Eight, <laughs> eight crazy lasagna filled nights. It wasn't we supposed only, to be up there that long. We only had enough suction for one night and it lasted eight days. <laughs> I'd love to meet that woman. <laughs> we only had enough suction. <laughs> Or man. Well, let's not leave anybody out. You know what? <laughs> but uh, do you remember uh, that scene from The Simpsons where I think it's like the Camp Krusty episode where Krusty's just approving all these products and <laughs> yes. he touches the clock and it's really hot. He's like, ow! <laughs> now nah, all this stuff is good. I imagine that's Jim Davis of just walking through and seeing all the items and the, the Garfield clock is really hot. And he's like, ah, that'll be fine. He's like, Garfield, easy bake oven. What kind of wattage of light bulb? Yeah. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Let's Approve. It. It's on fire. <laughs> ah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but he still lives in Indiana, and uh, I just fifty million dollars just from that little toy, dude. Yeah, uh, is, is Jim Davis still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. I think he's seventy something, pretty old. Okay. But mm. um, yeah, I mean that's that's the end of our episode, really. But just the the two, like essentially, I looked at his net worth, and you can't. It's the internet. So it said eight hundred million dollars. 
but mm. you know Charles Schultz too was might as well have been a billionaire like yeah. th- just from dumb little cartoons man oh for sure uh so I do have a question so as we covered peanuts and we covered uh Garfield. Garfield yeah are there any comic strips that you absolutely just despise or or hate maybe Dilbert and that was before he said you know shitty things I just I don't relate to office culture and I <laughs> I just don't think it's good at all. And that's me. And I'm not saying that because of what he's done. I just never liked it at all. For the record. Circus. Yeah. For the record, Dilbert never said anything bad. It was his uh-huh. creator. <laughs> I feel like you're misrepresenting Dilbert. If there was just a, if there was a racist Dilbert strip. Like, why is Dilbert saying all this? Is yeah. he like a Jeff Dunham puppet? What's happening? Go back uh, to your office building. Oh, no. Like, yeah. Dilbert's kind of boring and dry. I think Kathy was one, too. That, was right. that I was going to do. I was going to include her, too. But we're already over our time. But uh, <laughs> our Kathy, time together has come to an end. What's the old lady one? And she had a dog. Do you remember that? Old I lady do. comic strip. Maxine. <laughs> yeah, just. Uh, yeah, I Kathy. like Maxine. <laughs> Like, I don't, I just think, I think it's funny. I pulled up one. We'll see if it's funny. She's on the beach with the dog and it says, I went to a topless beach once, saw so many boobs. I thought I was at a family reunion. Come on. Am I how's right? that not, Am how's I... that not funny? <laughs> That's a Sunday. <laughs> That's a Sunday for sure. Um, So about Garfield as well. Um, I was going to, I forgot to mention it. So there is a website called Garfield minus Garfield. Uh, like if you Google Garfield minus Garfield, mm-hmm. somebody took Garfield strips and photoshopped out Garfield and like what he says. So it looks like John is having an existential crisis and talking to himself. Mm-hmm. And they are bleak. They are <laughs> they, without Garfield to like really settle it down and make it funny. It is bleak. Garfield minus Garfield is incredible. I highly recommend checking that out. That was in the in the stuff that I researched. And one of the there's a couple different ones of minus Garfield and some other versions. And one of those guys had a full website and he published a book. And Jim Davis was he really liked the stuff that this guy <laughs> did. So he they republished the ones without Garfield and it's still Jim Davis as the author. But then the other guy got some credit on it, too. Like it was such a big phenomenon and Jim Davis liked it that they actually they let the guy publish a book without yeah. Garfield in it. It's very weird and it does make it seem like a lot darker. And there's also some conspiracy theories that like Garfield's not actually real and that mm-hmm. it's it's somehow it's, it's John's manifestation of like his dead wife and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like there, a fight club. Like. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird theories about Garfield for some reason, which I should have researched more. But I remembered Garfield minus Garfield. And um, I'm reading one right now where it says uh, John's like nothing bad has happened today. And then the next panel is him just sitting there where Garfield should be. And mm-hmm. then he goes. I probably shouldn't have said that. It's like, it's it's just the most existential, brilliant shit of of anything. It's very, very good. And all you did was take away. So you didn't add anything to it. All you did simply was remove something. You just removed Garfield, which isn't hard to do from those because they're very simplistic. But yeah, it's very fun to do. Yeah. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that and maybe there'll be a part two if if you if people really want to hear about Kathy, we gotta we gotta uh, go into we gotta do a deep dive into the dark world of Kathy. <laughs> I wanted to do the Boondocks too because that's one of my favorite shows. Uh, but I, okay. I I read the the comic a little bit, but I'm more show more of a fan of the show. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is great, but maybe this will warrant a part two. Who knows? Maybe um, I'll be back. I'll do it. You'll be back. Uh, yeah, I'll be back. Gavin, you're at uh, Gavin Loves Horror online. You do a show on YouTube called Gavin Loves Horror, and we also do, as we mentioned, uh, they're coming to get you a horror movie podcast. Anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, no, I'm good. Just uh, my comic strip I do, um, called uh, Blondie. It's very good. It's been running for a while. Uh, <laughs> Boner's oh, Ark. Boner's Ark. Uh, yeah, just, you know, I'll catch you in the funny papers. You yes. know? We'll see you in the funny papers. So, Gavin, thanks for being on the show. And if you've if you're not, maybe check out They're Coming to Get You. We've done some of the bigger movies that you have probably seen, and we've done some one of the newer ones or more mm-hmm. niche uh, movies. But if you liked our rapport on this, it's the same, but horror movies. Yeah. And we, and we talked about horror movies on this way more than I thought we would. So. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we ease back into it. But yeah. Definitely check out that podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm always down to be on the field trip. Brent, thanks for having me. Yeah. We'll see you in the funny papers. <laughs> Come on, boys. <laughs> see you in the funny papers. <laughs>